Coming up on The Reverse Stick, we speak to the founder of selfpass.com, Bernardo Fernandez. Ponder on the ins and outs of the Hockey Pro League and do we need a change at the top? And welcome to The Reverse Stick for another week global hockey podcast and haven't we got plenty to talk about in the world of hockey my name's john lee and joining me is my co-host matt allen thank you john and boy oh boy have we got a lot to talk about um i've been absolutely glued to my pc this week checking out the tweets that have been coming through the statements that have been coming through from individuals national associations and the fih oh what a lot to talk about Absolutely, and we'll get to all of that and more. We've got an interview tonight with Bernardo Fernandez from selfpass.com. You know a lot more about Selfpass than I do. Well, that's right. Look, if you, if you don't know about the selfpass.com boys, then uh, get online at www.self-pass.com and just see some of the cool things that they're doing for hockey and uh, Doing their bit for the hockey revolution. Oh, some of those stuff, the tricks and that, I've got no hope of ever achieving myself, but they're great to look at. Oh, look, one of the best things is the excitement that it's bringing with some of the kids, and you, they uh, they share a lot of the the Instagram videos and trick shots that the kids are doing, and 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 Bernardo and the team there share that to the hockey world. And uh, oh, look, it's exciting, and, and I, I wish I had the time and the patience to maybe try and master some of them. And he's had a really interesting hockey journey as well, Bernardo. But we'll get to that very shortly on the reverse stick first of all though news okay so i guess we'll we'll start off talking a little bit about the hockey world league semi-finals that are taking place in joburg at the moment not too much has happened uh, by way of games some of the girls sides have, have had a couple of games played uh the irish uh have had a, a couple of draws in to start off the tournament for them and the the men have just had the one round of games at the time that we're recording the podcast at the moment Probably the most notable result there is the 10-0 stuffing of Egypt by Belgium. Uh, so they obviously got a bit of goal scoring practice in their, their opening game there. Obviously, that's uh, just underway. So uh, it's another sort of 10 days or so to go in that tournament where there's alternate days between the, the ladies and the men playing. And uh, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of hockey action to come there. Yeah, uh, I mean, as much as you don't like to see countries get beaten 10-zip, it's still good to see... Egypt there. Now, obviously, Belgium's one of the top nations to, to draw in the opening rounds. You're pretty stiff there for a, a relatively inexperienced country, but that's the way to keep the hockey world growing, isn't it? You've got to get these smaller nations involved and you've got to give them the experience. Yeah, I'm just reading today and there's lots of talk been held about the Indian women's team. We're going to get to Hockey Pro League in a moment, but the Indian women's team if they really want to improve, then the way they're going to improve is by playing the better nations and that's the same for any country, isn't it? And I'm sure they'd also be disappointed with their loss in the uh, the women's against the USA. They lost 4-1. It's probably a pretty expected result in some ways when you look at the form lines of the teams. But the the Indians would still be very disappointed with that. Yeah, look, but yeah, as you say, it's, you know, it goes with the ranking there. The USA are a, a top ten ranked side, and the Indians are around that thirteenth, fourteenth spot. And there's plenty to talk about with the World Hockey League and the Hockey Pro League. We'll be talking very shortly about some of the issues that have come up over in the last week or so with both of those events. 
Uh, before we do, we better get into our feature interview. So joining us now on the reverse stick is Bernardo Fernandez, the man behind southpass.com, coach in his own right and a gentleman originally from Portugal who's now based in the Netherlands or possibly Belgium. And we'll start off by saying welcome to the show, Bernardo. Yeah, uh, hello and thank you for this invitation. And, uh, I'm happy to be here with you guys. You're, you're, you're most welcome. Now look, Bernardo, we'll get off straight away and just have a little chat about your hockey history. How did you get into the game and what was hockey for you as a child growing up? I was uh, raised in, in Portugal where uh, field hockey is uh, quite an uh, exotic and uh, a minority uh, sport, let's say. And when I was uh, around nine years old, my classmate was invited to, be, to take a look at the uh, indoor hockey match because the local team was in need of a, a goalkeeper. And because my classmate was the chubby chubby boy <laughs> of, the, of the class uh, that is a, quite a cliche or a stereotype but uh, he was invited to be the goalkeeper he was a big friend with me and he told me like yeah Bernardo why don't you come over and just take a look at this hockey match so I, I went with him on, on, on a Saturday and um, I immediately fell in love with the, with the game actually it was uh, indoor hockey and that is also quite special in Portugal that besides being a very sunny uh, country has uh, traditionally uh, a much bigger indoor culture than uh, outdoor uh, culture. I think it's also because of the lack of proper uh, hockey pitches or water-based pitches so logistically it was always easier to to organize indoor competition uh, in Portugal. So, yeah, that, that was my, my, my beginning when I was nine years old uh, and I started to play. Bernardo, what sort of profile does the game have in Portugal? Or is it swamped by football codes as much the same as we have here? <laughs> in, in the past, there, was, there were a couple of uh, top football soccer clubs like uh, Benfica and Oporto and Boa Vista. They are the hockey department, but nowadays it's a little bit... We have a, a community in Lisbon that is uh, basically uh, foreigners, so basically international uh, people that come to work or to study in Portugal that play hockey there, but you also have grassroots hockey clubs, and you also have some clubs that are affiliated with schools. It's, it's a bit random, <laughs> like the entire sport in Portugal. But, but in my opinion, I think one of the, the tricks or the secrets would be to be able to somehow relate hockey with football clubs, with top clubs, because, you know, in, in, in Latin countries like Portugal, there's always a, a lot of uh, pride <laughs> involved. So I think... I think a lot of people, uh, especially the older generation, they are always thinking like, oh, I would love my, my, my son or my daughter to play for Benfica, you know, for the big soccer club. So if he cannot make it on soccer, at least he's playing hockey, but with a, <laughs> with a symbol from Benfica in the chest. The same I, think, on them. Yeah. I think also media-wise, it would be very interesting, you know, because... Like a top so soccer club in, in, in Portugal, they are 
followed by millions. So if you don't have anything else to watch, the supporters would definitely take a look at the hockey match just because their, their soccer club is, is playing, you know what I mean? So I think that that could be a, a cool and smart way for the sport to strive uh, in Portugal. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Or not only in Portugal, but maybe in other, other similar uh, countries with, with a similar profile. So that was Bernardo Fernandes there from southpass.com talking a little bit about the setup in Portugal and I find it quite interesting the the potential alignment of hockey clubs with soccer clubs um, and soccer being our friend as opposed to the enemy <laughs> and uh, it not being so much as a as a, a challenge for us to to get ho- soccer people into hockey and to you know perhaps strengthen our sport that way well yeah it's it's look it's worth looking at and, and aligning with other sporting codes, it might not necessarily have to be a soccer club, but certainly um, something that a, a hockey club can use to broad, more broadly promote themselves in the local community as well as the, the sport. Yeah, I think it's it, you know it's something we do see across a lot of, across a lot of Europe where you have the the sporting club. Uh, Barcelona is a good example, maybe, and and the soccer team may well be the pinnacle of that sporting club and the the biggest revenue uh, raiser and driver um, for the Barcelona sporting club. But there's a lot more sport comes under that umbrella, and uh, yeah, perhaps that's the way forward. Well, that's a lot of a way a lot of the Argentinian clubs are, and I'm sure other South American clubs are based around more than just you know it's not just a hockey club; it's part of a greater sporting club and they're just one uh, branch or um, under the same umbrella that's it and you've got like Bernardo said you've got the opportunity to wear the club colours yeah and that's the big draw card for people yeah yeah. club colours but we'll hear some more from Bernardo very shortly before we do we've got uh, some interesting hockey news well it's not really news is it it's not news anymore I don't think so we're (laughs) going to kick off with the uh, the Indian announcement to withdraw from the hockey pro league which certainly shocked a lot of people. Yeah, uh, look, I, I, I woke up and it was one of the first things that pinged up on the social media when I saw it the other day. And uh, to, to be honest, I was, I was dumbstruck by it. I, I couldn't believe that everything seems to be tilting towards supporting Indian national hockey. And uh, they were certainly supportive as an association of the concept of Hockey Pro League. And with you know, very little time to go until the deadline to, to pull out of, uh, of the competition if you're going to, boom, they've done it. Well, oh, I think the seeds of this go back a little while, but there was certainly a charge put into the whole affair at the recent uh, World Hockey League semi-finals in London, I'm led to believe. I think that's sort of been made plain and clear in, in the subsequent social media posts and deletions and apologies that have been made since then. Yeah, I'm not not, not quite sure where we start with it, John, but certainly <laughs> um, we could probably have a look at what Hockey India um, have sent through, uh, well, I say what they've sent through. When you search online through uh, the global press and the Indian press, you don't actually find any official statement to come out of Hockey India. What you get uh, are unnamed, high-ranked, top-ranked Hockey India officials um, making statements to the press. Um, you know, I've, I've got one right in front of me here from the Times of India. Um, and the complaint uh, with regard to them not wanting to, to join the Hockey Pro League is that they feel that it would be unjust for the women's team and restrict their opportunity to qualify for the Olympics. 
Yeah, which is interesting because how do they qualify for the Olympics? Well, that's another question altogether. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you could, there are, oh dear, you've got me now. Um, I couldn't find, and that doesn't mean it's not there, find the complete information on 2020 Tokyo Olympics qualification for hockey on the FIH website. It may well be there. Um, I certainly couldn't find it. There's plenty of stuff about Rio and previous Olympics. On one of the articles I've read, it said that there'll be four spots available for the Olympic qualifiers from the Hockey Pro League. Now, as I understand it, there's a meeting coming up quite soon at the FIH to discuss the finer points of the Pro League and uh, to get all of the interested uh, parties and stakeholders around the table. Um, so I'm not sure whether it's actually set in stone yet or not for, for the place of Hockey Pro League um, and qualifying for, for the Olympics. I don't think we should discount the announcement of the Hockey Pro League and when it was going to take place as being outside of the bounds of having some influence here as well. Uh, India signed up for the the Pro League, the World Pro Hockey Pro League, but what they probably didn't realise at the time is that it was going to affect the Indian Hockey League, hockey. And so <laughs> they're in a position where they're signed on to play in a tournament that's going to take away the best players in the world from the tournament they're trying to run. So we we on to Hockey India League already with it in 2018. Um, so Hockey India have an AGM on the 24th of July. Um, it's the statements that are not coming out of Hockey India. Only their top uh, top ranks <laughs> Hockey India officials say that Hockey India League is on the table. There are no decisions that have been made to change it. There's no decision to uh, rest the tournament for a year. There's no decision to change the dates of the tournament. Um, so I guess we wait with bated breath until the 24th, the 25th of July and, and find out what the decisions are there. I must say I'm disappointed India pulled out. But at the same time, I think, you know, if they were given the opportunity to join the the new league. They've, in hindsight, decided that they don't want to. And now's the time the FAIH sort of just wipes their hands of it and says, OK, well, we're moving on. Yeah, well, the, the statement that came out of the FIH was very brief. Um, and the, the essence of it was, oh, well, you know, uh, you've made your decision. And uh, that's fair enough. You don't want to be part of it. Don't be part of it. Uh, they did also, in that statement, say that um, it wasn't really an issue for them because they had plenty of people who wanted to be in the league and they'll just pick one of them. That's right. And so they'll, they'll reopen the, the, the process there for, for entry for other entries for other countries to get involved. And the likes of Ireland, Malaysia, um, you know, could be back on the cards for those guys to get involved. I did see something from the Malaysian Hockey Federation a couple of days ago that they were quite happy to have the opportunity to go through the process <laughs> again. And, and of, of course, why not? And, uh, I mean, there's, there's still plenty of issues to go with the the uh, Hockey Pro League as far as how it's really going to run and those sorts of things. But they'll unfold in time, I dare say. Yeah, look... I'd, it, it'll be a case of sitting around and, and working out the finer details. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm intrigued, um, like you say, about the where Hockey India League will now fit and whether that will be around. And uh, I'm I'm amazed really by uh, the words coming out and the noise coming out of India um, about why they uh, why they don't want to be involved in Hockey Pro League. And is this just part of a wider game that's being played by Hockey India with the FIH? Um, I'd heard that there were certain demands that were um, put on the FIH with regard to the Pro League from Hockey India very late in the piece. Um, and I'll guarantee one of those was about the timing of the tournament. Yeah, sure to be, sure to be. 
Uh, so watch this space. But you know what? All of this stems from something else, I think, Matt. And it goes back to the, the London World League and the match between Pakistan and India. And following that match, there have been several claims. There's been accusations. And as I'm led to believe, there's been ministerial meetings. Well, it, um, first and foremost, um, it's written. I'm um, just looking at the sports sports Kida website at the moment that Hockey India has filed an official complaint with the sports official governing body over the issue of match fixing in the Indian team's first match against Pakistan at the recently concluded World Hockey League semis. Now, <laughs> I, I, I will make a point that India won the game 6-1 in, in, in the pool game there, so I'm not quite sure where, where the match fixing allegation comes from. Uh, but according to a report by Sports Star Live, this is on the same website here, the letter reads, everyone is aware that cases of match fixing in cricket have taken place in England concerning Pakistan matches. Now, if this plague has decided to spread its way into hockey by adopting a route of bogus criminal complaint and making teams play with less number of players or tired players, then it's a serious issue. Well, it is a serious issue. Um, if only that had happened. Yeah, if only that had happened. <laughs> so the bit of background on that, there's, there's complaints. Uh, sorry, not complaints. There was a call from the, uh, the police in the UK for one of the Indian players to uh, attend a meeting with them to discuss some allegations and some quite serious allegations and and long-standing allegations these are not just something that's come up in the last week or something like no, that. no that's right absolutely right and so you know you you've got to ask yourself uh, is this guy being supported in the in these matters in any legal sort of way by hockey india and i'm not saying that's wrong I, that would be fine no issue with that but what sort of legal uh, advice would say to you it'll, you'll be right in such a situation as that knowing charges are pending didn't someone think that it would be a good idea to sit down and talk about this situation before they went and know exactly what was going on or maybe even the plan all along was just to accuse people of cheating yeah that's it and it gets <laughs> even more complicated because we then um, start to look into the involvement of the top brass at, at the FIH, um, Narinda Batra, and uh, as part of the match-fixing allegation that has come from Hockey India, now bear in mind that Dr Batra is no longer ahead of Hockey India, he is in, indeed the, the, the head of our sport, um, he, he came out and accused uh, the UK authorities and some Pakistani-origin MPs in the British Parliament of harassing Sardar Singh and... Um, you know, basically um, trying to make up for their loss on the hockey field um, by using their power within Parliament. And uh, on that note, we're going to suspend our little uh, chat here on this because I want to continue talking about this subject and it's very important for world hockey in a longer term and a broader sense. So we've got to spend a little bit of time on it. Meanwhile, we'll continue with our interview with Bernardo Fernandez, the creator of selfpass.com, and this time we get a little bit of insight into his career as a coach. Well, I started playing at the age of nine, as I told you, and then meanwhile I, I always played in, in, in Portugal and for the national team at the moment. Um, then I had the experience uh, in Valencia, in Spain, um, where I played for around one year and a half. And then I, so I, I did a volunteer uh, ship there in, in Valencia. Uh, and then I returned to, to Portugal and I, I played for 
a couple of months uh, in Portugal, but then I I got uh, hit very bad in my knee, and then I had a, a lasting injury, and then um, I think because of the experience of playing in a higher level, I, I I was just I was only getting more and more frustrated by playing in, in the Portuguese competition and. And also this period in Spain also uh, triggered me and motivated me a lot about coaching, you know, trying to, to, because at some point, and I think this happens in a lot of, of upcoming coaches' career, you are more concerned, while, while you are playing, you are more concerned about your teammates or you are getting more frustrated about what's going around you than properly enjoying the game or, or enjoying your or trying to develop yourself or enjoying yourself as a player yeah. so at the moment it started to get uh, more and more clear that I I, I, yeah, I was getting I was getting more interested in coaching and then I, I was developing a, a sports uh, project that has nothing to do with hockey actually it was some kind of a premium Olympics project uh, uh, with golf, tennis, horse jumping and sailing. Yeah, that was a project that I was developing. And, and then meanwhile, I was invited to do an internship abroad. So I had this uh, opportunity to, to come to the Netherlands, to the, this uh, small town called Venlo. Uh -huh. Then I contacted the local club and I told them that I would like to yeah, to play just for fun, <laughs> and they 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 throw me to the the, the lowest team of the, the club, <laughs> where as, as they as they should do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where also they say yeah, a Portuguese uh, Portuguese uh, hockey player. So <laughs> put them in, in the let's throw them in the in the lowest team of the club. Uh, so back then I I started yeah I started to play with this lower team, which eventually became. Uh, yeah, France with me. They were very so much more social team than hockey team, so which was really cool for me back then. Uh, and then I started to get involved with some youth coaching in the club, and I, I thought, okay, the, the club had a, uh, such a, a potential three water three pitches, a, a really nice clubhouse, a lot of uh, more than seven hundred members. So I thought, okay. It will be nice if this club gets a more professional structure, let's say. And then I was invited to be the technical director and the coach from the first ladies team. So this was six years ago. Um, I was then four years in this situation. Then we promoted with the first ladies team and I started to coach the first men's team. We also promoted to the second division in, in, here in the Netherlands. Um, and meanwhile, I was supporting also with coaching the Portugal Portugal Federation. Uh, and okay, and that's that's a little bit how my career developed. And together with that, I, I started to make part of the top coaches uh, commission from the European Federation. And then I stepped to the FIH core, uh, qualification. So nowadays I'm. Uh, my performance coach for the FIH and my also a coach educator. For 
And that's Bernardo Fernandez, the creator of selfpass.com. Fantastic hockey website. Make sure you check it out. And we've got one little more bit about talking about self-pass. Bernardo will be very shortly. But before we do, let's get back to the subject at hand, Matt, and uh, the leadership of the FIH. And first of all, let's get a bit of background about the Facebook post. The Facebook post. So um, the FIH distanced themselves last week, the week before, um, from some uh, rather inflammatory posts on the Facebook page of Dr. Narinda Batra. And uh, these were swiftly deleted. But of course, in this day and age, you can still find anything that's gone up. It's been up there. You'll find it. And so we, we did mention um, about the allegations of the involvement of Pakistani origin MPs in the UK and uh, trying to influence what's happening in the, in the, in the world of hockey. Um, I can imagine this has caused a few ructions for England hockey um, and I'd be surprised if there wasn't a phone call put in for uh, the head of England hockey to go and have a chat to whether it be their local MP, the sports minister, whoever it might be, because um, as we've talked before, a lot of the funding that comes into the game comes from governments. Yeah, I'm led to believe that there has indeed been communication between the sports ministry and Hockey England, England Hockey, and uh, they'll be asking some questions uh, over over the, over this particular behaviour. Yeah, quite rightly so. I think if you've got a man who's the head of a, a world governing sport and that that sport oversees the sport in in your particular country, and they're doing nothing else but bad mouth. Uh, your processes and uh, uh, you know the way you do business, then you know quite rightly you're going to ask the question. Well, it seems like a totally illogical stand to take in the first place. I mean, this guy knew these charges were coming. He knew what the situation was. Their legal team knew what the situation was, and if they didn't, they should have. So it's either stupidity, ignorance, or plain uh, you know obstructionism on the part of these people involved in that allegation well it, it just makes me think there's something else going on and and there's so much being thrown around at the moment that it just seems like a smoke screen for for something deeper that we're not quite aware of what's going on um the biggest problem i had with all of the comments that were made by the president of the fih was not necessarily that he was upset about some political issue or those sorts of issues but that in his statement, he said, as an Indian and as the former head of Hockey India. Well, that's former. There's a, there's a key word there is former. You are the current president of the FIH. Yeah, that's it. And, and I, that, yeah. I believe that makes his position almost untenable. He's got to come out and clearly and defi- definitively address the issues that he raised. No one else raised them. He raised them. He's got to come out and address these issues publicly and answer the questions about them and set everybody's mind at rest that he isn't, in fact, acting as the former president of Hockey India. He is acting as the current head of the FIH. Well, it's, it's noted as well that personal letters of apology and phone calls were made by the good doctor. Um, nothing has been put out publicly. The silence is deafening from Hockey India. And I'd also say equally deafening from our CEO of the FIH, Jason McCracken. Um, he seems to have gone a little bit missing. There's a, um, I'd heard that there might have been some well-timed holiday um, arrived 
sometime around when some of this this stuff's been going on. I'd really like to see some some strong leadership from Mr McCracken as well and uh, let us know what the FIH's position is. Well, it's an interesting one considering you've got a president who's acting on behalf of, of the board that's just told you they don't want to be in a competition you're running. Uh, it's a very messy web and they've got to come out and, and deal with it publicly and wipe all the cobwebs away and leave us with a, a transparent view of what's going on. And I, and I think... The executive board of the FIH is certainly going to be looking for that. There will be some process to deal with, um, let's not call it disciplinary process, but to investigate uh, some of the actions of, of Dr. Batra and uh, what impact that's having on hockey. And I, yeah, I understand that could be well underway now, and they, they did say that in the FIH statement. Oh, just, just quietly, while we're on this India-Pakistan stuff, did you happen to read the editorial I wrote last week? Sorry, did you happen to read the editorial we wrote last week? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've memorised every word of it, John. Oh, good. So you know about that bit at the end where I said if India played Pakistan in Lahore, we'd be there? Are you, uh, are you paying for the flights? Oh, hell. It looks like we're not going to have to worry about the expense anymore, which is a real pity. And that is really, really disappointing that in the week after I write, wouldn't it be great and if these hockey authorities could get together and rise above all these other things and just look at what's good for hockey, that this rubbish happens. Yeah, look, dare I say it, I think Dr. Batra may have or certainly appears to have a, a little bit of an anti-Pakistan um, agenda. We obviously saw the, the Indian side wearing their black armbands against Pakistan in relation to some military action happening in border areas. I just don't think there is a place for politics in hockey. Uh, Terry, Terry, <laughs> Where we that? Yeah, yeah. Well, Ter, this is it. Terry Walsh said it a couple of weeks ago, and there is no place for it. Let's just get on with playing the game and and spread the the great game that we've got and get people involved in playing and forget about all of this rubbish that's going on around it. Can I nominate you for president? <laughs> And I'm sure that story's got a lot more to roll on yet, and we'll uh, stay on top of it. As much as we can, as much as we can understand these things, we'll try and figure out how we get to 2020 Tokyo Olympics as well, and what the qualification is there. But before we leave you this week, we have one more little clip from Bernardo Fernandez regarding selfpass.com. Yeah, just before we get into that, John, um, you can obviously get in touch with us on the socials at twitter.com forward slash the reverse stick and facebook.com forward slash the reverse stick. We're just picking up on a, a tweet uh, in response to the, the news on the Hockey Pro League and the India pullout. This indeed from South Pass and, and Bernardo behind the keyboard there. Uh, his tweet was, Hockey India retires from HPL. What a shameful situation. Hockey shouldn't be managed by circus directors. Hope FIH can control this damage. Um, I'm not so sure. I certainly agree with the sentiment. I'm not so sure if it's circus directors or actually the clowns. Oh, boom, boom. It's a comedy gold on the reverse stick. <laughs> Let's get to Bernardo Fernandez and how self-pass all came about. You then somehow managed to find some time to start writing the self-pass blog. Yeah. So just to um, squeeze, a little, squeeze a little bit more hockey into your life. Yeah, as, as it wasn't enough already. <laughs> um, yeah, well, uh, along the way, I, I I realized that there wasn't so many uh, information uh, on internet. Uh, well, 
there wasn't any international platform where people from Japan, uh, South Africa, Australia, and Portugal could go and read something else about okay and 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 if you guys are like I am I was always interesting to dig and to try to uh, watch hockey clips or coaching clips or articles or I would like to know more about Jamie Dwyer or Don Denoy or uh, something like that and but I found it difficult because I found out that you had local and regional uh, platforms but you always have, the, for instance, the language uh, obstacle. So if I am uh, Australian, if I can only talk uh, English, it's difficult for me to read a Dutch blog, for instance. So, uh, and then I, I was I was having a lunch with my brother, that is a, a designer based in, in London. Uh, he was the one who, who designed our beautiful uh, logo, and then he suggest yeah why, why don't you start yourself uh, a blog uh, where you can share your thoughts where you can interview a couple of important uh, persons and and that was a part and then as I told John the other day in this uh, international coaching gatherings or meetings after London there was the the, the alarm of due to the fact that okay was the third most visited sport in London, but regarding television and internet of media exposure was one of the lowest. So um, I believe uh, due to the importance of uh, the Olympic, uh, the Olympic, uh, so, so for hockey to be in the Olympics is very important, of course. Uh, so I think we, we all, or we, the hockey community was a bit scared <laughs> with that information. So I think in everyone's minds, uh, people became more conscious about the importance of a better promotion of hockey online and on television. And you see there are a lot of efforts from, I think, from London to this point, and, and, and that's getting more and more that hockey is, is, is yeah, you see every day there are people starting cool projects, the brands are much more aware of their design, their marketing, their social media presence. So all, all in all, and all together, uh, that was the, the, the kicking start from from self-pass as a blog, as a, as a platform where you could read interviews about the top player, top coach, or where I could share my my ramblings about <laughs> about my experiences yeah basically basically that was the beginning yeah. That was Bernardo Fernandez from selfpass.com talking about selfpass.com. It's a great website. Check it out as soon as you can. And we'll be featuring Bernardo again next week. He'll be talking a bit more about what he sees as his vision of hockey and the direction it could or should take. Thank you, John, for the feedback sting there. And... uh, well, nothing, there's nothing come through about the music this week, so obviously we're finding some kind of balance that people are fairly happy with. You, you haven't had anything come to you at all? No, no. I'm, I'm waiting for iTunes to ask me to upload it there. 
because they need another top 10 hit well, on their iTunes about, list, you see. Talking about iTunes, uh, we do have a few customer reviews that have popped up on there, so we appreciate that for whoever's got online and given us the five stars and said a few nice words. It is somewhere where you can get on and give us some feedback, and it can make a difference for the podcast and help spread the word. There's all sorts of strange algorithms that go on with iTunes to push you up the charts and really make you a bit more visible. So if you're liking the podcast, please, please do. If, you, if you're on iTunes, get on there. Say a few nice words and uh, give us a five-star rating and help us out there. You can, of course, get on to us on the social media, facebook.com forward slash the reverse stick. And, uh, you know, maybe tag a few friends in on, on the, and uh, share some of our posts to, to let people know that the podcast's out there. And Twitter. And Twitter, of course, as well. Yeah, you know, follow, follow, follow. We're we're gathering a few more people. I think we're following about 2,500 now, so we love to hear the hockey stories and see what's going on out there. And, uh, yeah, keep keep on liking and and subscribe to to us where you can. It's a big, big hockey world out there, and um, we'd like us all to be a part of it. That's right, John. Uh, The hockey family. How'd you go last week? Uh, We had a nice little 3-2 win, and... Back to the top of the ladder, so you know Ooh, that's both of good us. Times and uh, yeah, do you have a win? I oh, I had two wins. Two wins. I had two wins on the weekend. So you were playing for old men and older men as well. Yeah, I was playing the old men and the older men. Yeah, absolutely good. correct. Good stuff. We'll see you next week. See you, mate.